Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. I think we need to replace this with you doing a drum solo because you do drums, right? You play drums? Sure, with my bad knee, I play drums, yes. Okay, never mind. We won't do that. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. It's about time we get this gentleman on our podcast. I, yep. I mean, we mention him on every episode. A lot of them, we do. We yeah. do. He's, he's on here. We, I mean, it's just, what do we tell everybody? Well, he did our website. Right. Our yep. website. He did our nonprofit KISS website. He did your website. He did GRP Studios website. So when people ask us, who is this guy? Who is this guy? He's fictitious. Oh, we did that last episode. And he's young. So we're not just a couple of, we're not having old dudes on here because no. we've had a lot of old people on here, except for Jennifer. She was a lovely young lawyer from the Orlando Law Group. But we guy, had a lot of old people on here, like us. Yeah, yeah. But then now we're getting his age group on here because I think more people that are starting a business are going to be more in tune to him now. Because they, we they can't, very well could be. We can't even come close to what he does. No, no, and that's okay. And we're okay with that. But I'm Tim Proctor with GRP Studios, and you are? I'm Craig Lyson with Vets Growth. Vets Growth. And I can get a hold you can get a hold of me at Tim at GRPstudios.com. How do they get a hold of you, Mr. Craig? Info at vetsgrowth.com. Okay. And we are really pleased to have a, a young man. I can say that now. Anybody under our age is young. So even if you're fifty eight, you're still young. <laughs> we have a young man in the studio today, Gerald or Jerry. Everybody calls him Jerry, I call him Gerald. Well, you're not if, Gerald you're, Huff. if you're his friend, you can call him Jerry. I'm sorry, you have to go okay. by his original name. So Gerald Huff, my website spot is in the house today. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. And it's uh it's an honor to finally be here. Um it's also really humbling to hear how much you guys talk about me. I was really hoping nobody would know that I actually existed, so I was holding off as long as I could for this episode. We're we're doubt, very doubtful about your your partner Adam. We don't we've never seen this guy, so we don't know if he exists, but we do know that you exist. But a couple but of silver haired guys and a green haired guy. But this is has, awesome. Yeah, the other guy or the other woman, Courtney. Courtney, she doesn't want to talk. She's she she's just the backbone. Works. She just works. She keeps my website going. I need her. Like like a lot of people. So. We met you through, how did we end up meeting? I, I can't even remember. Was it through? Wow. That's a great question. I think we met at one of the. Was it through Favob? Originally, events. Okay, that's right. Yes. Your, yeah, you had some things going on ahead of time or before, and we met through Favob. That was a couple of years ago. And then you took over the nonprofit Kids in Support of Soldiers website, mm -hmm. and it's been going gangbusters ever since yeah. for us and for you guys as well. Ironically enough, I actually think I met both of you at a Favob event. I didn't meet you through Favob. I met you through another person, and he he was neglecting to share you with me until I said, hey, I need to meet this young gentleman because I met him at uh, Orlando Chamber. Okay. Because I remember meeting you at, was it Bubaloo's or? Yes, or exactly. Cooper's Hawk. Cooper's Hawk. Okay. Cooper's Hawk, because Bubaloo's Bodacious Barbecue is awesome, but Cooper's Hawk is another great restaurant over there in the Oviedo area. Is that where Oviedo? No. Uh, it's over in e East Orlando. UCF. UCF and Bubaloo's is closed now. Those are two entirely different places. I just remember meeting you where there was barbecue. There was barbecue. So my website spot is your group that you put together or that you have. What do you do at mywebsitespot.com? Well, I, I could tell you one thing. It's not websites. 
<gasps> you don't do websites, so then I've got to change a title list from website development. Oh man. No, we we definitely do websites, right? So, but we also do a lot of marketing, advertising, Facebook, other social media groups, Google, Bing. But we also build apps for businesses, kind of like mission critical apps for handling tasks that a business might do, automating parts of their processes, you name it. Well, we're going to we're going to get into some technical stuff, so if you're a dork like me and have no technical aptitude for geekdom, you're probably going to be lost. But if you're a geek and you really like this stuff, you'll probably enjoy some of the things we're going to talk about, hopefully. Hopefully. Is that okay? I think that'll be okay. Okay. So how did you start? Where, where did you start from? Listen, did you go to school? Did you learn all this? Was it by just trial and error? Did you Google everything? Now that you can Google everything and learn how to do it, how did you, how did you get into this? So to talk about how I got into websites, we have to talk about how I got into computers first. Because originally, I didn't want to do websites. That was not on my radar. When I was... 13, summer between 7th and 8th grade, my grandparents let me take home a computer, my very first computer. I want to say a couple months after owning it, it had issues turning on and I was devastated. I had this new cool personal computer. It it was all mine. And I remember going to school, doing some research. Why doesn't my computer turn on? Except I didn't use Google. I think I used Ask Jeeves, I think is what it was called. Oh man. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Ask Jeeves. Is that still around? I'm sure it it is. I'm sure it is. But who would use it? Maybe somebody our age. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, maybe somebody who's got something against, you know, Google's data retention policies. In world dominance, yeah. Yeah, so I get on Ask Jeeves, my computer won't turn on. Probably the most generic question you could ask online. And I start going down all these different forums, computer IT people talking about maybe your power supply is dead. Maybe this is broken. Maybe that's broken. You know, so I ask more questions, diagnose the computer. We had a friend of the family who had done IT work. So we said, do you think it's your power supply? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's my power supply. So he goes, gets a power supply for me. And he does the diagnosis. Turns out it was the power supply. Helps me swap the piece out. Computer turns back on. And I had a life-changing moment where I watched this machine that no longer worked turn back on for the first time. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. I want to fix these all day. So at 13, I knew that my career was somewhere with computers. Fast forward a little bit. I get into high school. And I'm taking a Photoshop course, right? Graphics design. And I'm not particularly great at graphics. I just like putting people's faces on really funny pictures. And my teacher, she goes, you really should be doing something more with your time. So I went to Oviedo High School. Ms. Turner was my teacher there. The best web design teacher anybody could ever ask for. She approaches me at the end of my Photoshop semester. She says, here's a book on XHTML. And it's like, well, I know nobody's going to see this, but it's like two inches thick, right? So it's like this thick. It's like reading War and Peace. Yeah. Oh, it was monstrous. That's, that's an old book from a long time ago, Craig, just in case you were wondering. I was there. You were there? there? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I read this XH, uh, the XHTML book over summer, and I thought, I'm just getting ahead on my class. So I'm going to familiarize myself with the materials. I fell in love with it. I went online, did more research. And when I came back to school for, I think it was my junior year in school, I discovered that I had basically read the entire book for the year that I was going to be studying from. And so from there, my teacher started placing me in all her other courses, and I fell in love with programming after that. And so that's how I got into the web design world. Wow. So you, and that's kind of a, it'll be a great segue into another question. Technology, from what you just described, technology has changed so fast, continues to change so fast. How do you stay up with it? So the truth is, is there's so many changes and so many different things coming out that it's really hard to stick on all of it. So you kind of have to specialize. For example, I don't know a whole lot about Microsoft. 
or Windows computers, even though at one point I did. I used to be able to troubleshoot and repair computers, and I'm sure I can still figure it out, but not as fast as, say, somebody like Sean would. So for me, I had to sit down and say, you know what, my future's in programming, so I'm not doing computer hardware anymore. I'm not looking at that side of IT anymore. And when I got into choosing my language, PHP was the language I fell in love with, so I spent most of my time studying that language. And while I'm excellent at writing PHP, my ability to write things like Perl or Cold Fusion, similar things, I, I don't have it. I can jump in and program okay, but it's not something that I've memorized, you know. See, and that's where, of course, it's all Greek to me, what we just described. It could have been, you could have, you know, the ACDC. I would have no idea what you're talking about. But then you partner with somebody who can do those things that you would choose not to do or you're not a, a strength in. Sean Nestler from Zero Edge. Zero Edge. Unified Systems. Zeus. Something like Zeus. Yes. So you partner with him, and then he'll take clients that perhaps you don't want to, not you don't want to work with them, but he's got a different skill set than you do. So you can really a better focus fit. on your niche right? that you're doing that. So why does a small business need this presence on the web? If I'm a small business person, why do I need a web presence? I'll just do social media all day long. So the truth is, is not, not every business technically needs a website. A web presence is just being online in general. So having a Facebook account is technically having a web presence. A lot of people get upset when I say not everybody needs a website. I've seen many people be successful just running an Instagram, just running a Facebook. A website, think of it as a virtual space for doing business that you can take all of your list of services, your offerings, you can put them in one spot. I would say that a website's great when you start doing advertising and marketing from multiple different channels. Maybe you're running Google ads, so you send people to, you know, for GRP Studios case, you know, some teleprompter work. Okay, so, you know, teleprompter, I think Longwood, right? We're in Longwood. Yeah. Or, you know, tele- or Orlando, yeah, either one. Either but way, yeah. right? So, you know, somebody searches for that term, you want your business to show up for that in Google, but you don't necessarily want to send people to your Facebook page because that might not be right for your business model. Yeah, and I do want to talk a little bit more about that as well because, A, not everybody has Facebook. Right. A lot more business people might use LinkedIn as opposed to Facebook. Sure. So if you direct them to a Facebook page, it might turn some professionals off right away. Well, I might turn them off, but they may search for who's number two on that list. You might have a better ranking, but number two on the list has a website. It doesn't have all your personal stuff. It doesn't have all your cat videos. It has your business right. on there. So is it a benefit to those that have services or provide products for a website over, say, Facebook or Instagram? I, I think, you know, again, it really does depend on a case-by-case basis. I like to think of social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, as all part of one big net for catching your clients. So every platform that does apply to you, you should take advantage of. And a website's kind of the central spot for that. Some people, like you said, may not have a Facebook, so they're not going to want to check your business out on Facebook. But they may have a LinkedIn, and they'll want to see it on LinkedIn. You know, in terms of when it comes to a website, I think more along the lines of, I want to see what was in your portfolio. I want to see what other services you offer. I want to read, you know, a full length history about your business. And in some cases, you know, you know how sometimes you'll go scope out a business that you might work with and you'll take a look at their business and you'll say, oh, look, there's their building. Da, 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 da. All the time. All the time. Right. So the virtual equivalent of doing that is going to your web address, gipstudios.com, and seeing, you know, do they put some time and energy into their marketing efforts and, and their online materials? And that can also be used as a, as a merit to judge you. Now, Facebook is pretty uniform. You get your cover photo, your profile photo, and you have some things on there. 
And yes, you can have glowing reviews left there. You can leave a small description there. You can make some posts. But it's not like a brochure where you've carefully crafted all of this content and put it in some order for people to interact with your business. All right. That makes sense. Now, if you have Instagram, I don't suppose Snapchat, that doesn't really count as one of those things, does it? Yeah, it does. Okay, really? Yeah, any way you can so communicate the, with people. So you're the guy yeah. when somebody said, somebody's teacher said, hey, I think you should be doing something a little bit more than putting funny things on people's faces. Tell that to the uh, developer of Snapchat now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, 100%. So when, when a teacher tells you, I don't think you should be wasting your time doing that, just look at them and say, okay, kids, don't do this. If you're a young, young individual listening to this, don't do this. But if I was, I would probably say, hey, tell that to the Snapchat people. Yeah. I, I think you, there's just a lot of misunderstanding. When you tell somebody, hey, your business could benefit from something like TikTok, well, if they've never used the platform before and they don't know how it operates. It's foreign. It's foreign. Oh, just, we were, we were away for a few days up in the mountains of Georgia and we were having fun trying to send a Snapchat to our son. <laughs> there were other groups. We were practicing social distancing, but there were other adults up there. Oh, most of us were older. And one of the guys said, well, yeah, hold on. If my nephew was here and my son was here, yeah, he could probably tell you how to do that. And it's absolutely true. Do we have enough time to do all that kind of stuff? No, I, I don't think all businesses have enough time to do all those channels. I think it's good to pick, you know, maybe one or two that you really like, that you really enjoy using, or the one or two that best fits your demographic that you want to engage with and focus on those first. All right. Well, we're going to come back and talk about some more stuff and then we'll talk about some more stuff right you okay craig more stuff i don't know i, I was just sitting there listening to jerry i get more Stay information tuned. with the him. guys will be right back with more on how to check your six are you tired of overpromising and underperforming web development companies my website spot is a professional online marketing web and app development agency with more than 15 years of experience in providing solutions for growing small businesses in the service-based industry. Customer service, cutting-edge technology, rapid response, and a focus on you are just some of the things that set us above the rest. MyWebsiteSpot.com. If you think it is expensive hiring a professional, wait until you hire an amateur. All right, we are back with the second half. Craig, you okay over there? You're just absorbing here? stuff, Wait right? Am I in the other room? No, no, you're in the other room. We're going we're gonna to test this matter out on editing. <laughs> you think so? One of the things that we were talking about on the first segment was apps. And I was going to ask you to dive a little bit deeper in that. So what's the difference between the app on my phone for Chick-fil-A, which is one of my favorite places to eat, and the app that you were talking about? And you looked at me and said, well, I've got about 25 minutes and I can cover that. So we're going to table that one for another time, but I do want to talk about SEO, AdWords, and all the other stuff, because everybody says, oh, I know what SEO is. It's search engine optimization. Okay, exactly what does that mean? Okay, SEO stands for search engine optimization, right? And a lot of people don't really understand the full scope of SEO, because there's a bunch of different factors to SEO. There's building a strong link presence online so that, say, GRP Studio's website has a link to Vets Growth. Okay, that would be considered a backlink, and that would help improve your SEO. Then there's things like, how do I get these keywords that I want to show up for in the search engine? So you might write a 2,000-word article, stuff a couple keywords in here or there, and you might start ranking for it locally. But then there's other factors to SEO that people don't see. For example, 
technical on page SEO, which is something that I specialize in, where I take a look at your site and a site composes of images and style sheets and JavaScript and HTML, a bunch of very technical things. Yep. And the way that those things load, the order that they load and how fast they can execute or they can run has its own measure in Google. This would be a website performance rating, so to speak. Like GRP website loads extremely fast, as does the KISS website. GRP was custom built and KISS was more of a template style. Correct. But they both load incredibly fast. Correct. Or at least as quick as we can get them. Okay. So the metric changes depending on who you ask, but a lot of people say that for every second that your website loads, you're losing X amount of percent of people who could potentially interact with your business. And that metric goes hand in hand with one of Google's ranking metrics. Google says, well, they went on your website, it took six seconds to load, so they left before they got any content. So clearly your website is not a good website to present to someone searching. So what ends up happening is Google will reassess your website and say, well, somebody was on this site and they stayed there for 30, 40 seconds right around. They're more relevant. And one hypothetical difference between the site that's outranking you and your site is how much quicker did it load? And, you know, we all have the experience when our internet slows down, right? We're out in Tennessee in the mountains and you got that one bar. Yeah. And you're just trying to pull something up. And, and I can't send a Snapchat that I don't know how to do to begin with my son to tell him where we're at. Right. And you get frustrated waiting. Yep. So you quit. And a lot of people do that with websites too. And believe it or not, website performance is actually an SEO metric, but not everybody talks about it. And later on, when you look at after your site's been built, you're like, oh, it looks great. I have all these high resolution images. It looks fantastic. You're, surely nobody would just leave my website. Well, if you didn't take the time to compress your images, similar to compressing video or, or anything else, you're reducing the size it takes for that, that image to be. So maybe the image was originally two megabytes and we compressed it and now it's you know 700 kilobytes, right? So it's less than half the size. Well, in turn, it takes less than half the amount of time to download that image. So your site could go from loading in four seconds to three seconds. And you might argue, well, it's just one second. How bad can it be? That's just one image. Most people have 20, 30 images on their homepage. Right. They have a bunch of files on their website, and it often gets overlooked. You take your average WordPress website that's built by somebody who doesn't have a technical understanding of the way a website loads, and they're going to slap all these things together. They're going to have, you know, they're not, they don't know to pay attention to some of these factors. And so a great website rolls out, and it takes 15 seconds to load on a slow internet connection. But it looks really cool. It looks really good. But then you realize, wow, why is my tank so long to load? Well, it would look really cool if they actually waited the 15 seconds. So most people don't know you have a cool site when you have one. If it takes too long to load, they just see a white screen or a black screen while they're waiting. And they, you know what? Maybe there's something wrong with this website. They hit back, they go to the next result, and they move on. So what's the, okay, so that's search engine optimization. It's not just one thing. It's a myriad of things. And you could probably spend another 15 minutes talking about each specific one. Easily. So what about AdWords? You need to have Google AdWords so people will visit you. Correct. So if you're not being found organically or you want immediate results, you might look into something like Google Ads or Bing Ads, any advertising platform. Facebook Ads. If Facebook, you have Facebook Ads. Okay. Sure. And each platform has a different demographic, a different way people engage with it. And even though Google and Bing have its similarities, the target demographic of a Bing user versus a Google user is slightly different, right? So if you want to run Google Ads, say, because that's the one you asked about, do you need Google Ads for business? I recommend that anybody who has Google Ads at least secures their own business name in Google Ads. Why would I secure my own business name if it shows up number one? Excellent question. 
You might not want your competitor to advertise for your business name. For example, maybe you own Jeremiah's Italian ice cream. Which right. is a great place, by the way, right here locally in town. Jeremiah is an awesome guy. I know him personally. But anyways, go ahead. But very cool, right? Yeah. So maybe a competitor comes up and they want to show up for Italian ice cream. Well, the first thing you might do is, well, if somebody was searching for my competitor, they're clearly looking for a service I provide. So they might run an advertisement to show up for the Jeremiah's brand name in Google Ads. And they can do that. And they might show up. Is that right what you see when you go on computer and you type in Google? Or I use DuckDuckGo, but anyways, if you use Google... And you see that ad where it says the very top one, there's a little ad next to it. Does that mean they purchased ad space for that, that place? Okay. Yeah. And you click on there. It's no different than going to the website. It's just they paid for that spot to be in that location, essentially. Exactly. What's the benefit to doing that? Do people always click on the first one or do they scroll down to three or four? Yeah. So it, so it really does depend. The reason why advertisement placement changes and the way ads look changes is because the general people using Google eventually they can identify what the ads are, right? And so they'll know to skip them. So every once in a while, Google will change the interface a little bit and you don't realize that you're clicking on ads. And so it's not that people are going out of their way to click on the ads. They just think that the first ad that they see is the organic first result. And mostly because they don't even know there's a difference between the two. So if your ad's all the way at the top and it's above an organic listing, it's easy to get all the clicks because it's the first result. And we've seen that before where you see the ad and then one or two below that is the actual website for that business. Usually, yeah. Is it a value to the company to click on that ad or go down to their actual, the the other non-ad website? What's the benefit? So to anybody out there who loves the individuals they do business with, go to the organic listing because when you click on their ad, it charges them typically a dollar or so. If you know you're looking for the result, just to help out those businesses that are spending those advertising dollars, click on the organic result. And I know you guys tried for a while to get me to do Google ad stuff. I'm one of those individuals that understands just enough to be really dangerous about doing it. Mm -hmm. So if I start spending money, how do I know that my return on investment, would it be better to get organic clicks than ad clicks if it's going to do the same thing? Obviously, organic results are incredible because you're not necessarily paying at the time of the click. Now, that's not to be confused with the amount of work it took to get there in the first place. Where Google Ads is a little more instantaneous and you don't already have rank, you will always pay to hold that position. Now, with SEO, let's say it took six months to rank for teleprompter services Orlando, for example. Well, what did you do to get number one? You probably, if it wasn't your time... You probably had someone sit down, write a 2,000-word article on the importance of teleprompting and why it's good for your business. Da -da 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 -da. Then you paid an SEO expert or consultant to go in, move some of the keywords around, shuffle some things, set up the technical parts on your website. And maybe that total investment was, well, let's say, $700, $800. There was a cost to getting to that spot. Just the, That's a back-end cost to place the ad. No, that, that's the back-end cost for SEO. So okay. what, I, what I just kind of described was more like the SEO process. You did all this work, you created this awesome page and content, and six months later, it ranked. There's obviously, to maintain your rank so someone doesn't come and knock you down, you'll revise your content, you'll make changes, you'll pay someone to look over it every once in a while and keep the content, um, what we call fresh, or you know, so that Google knows, oh, it's still relevant. Now, in the ad world, you can pay and create a quick landing page and you can send money direct to Google, and you can pay to get your visits. But the minute you stop paying, they go away. It doesn't just stay. Okay. 
but you would use most of these two in combination. So say it was Orlando Teleprompter, you would start your SEO page, you'd build it up, and we know it's going to take, let's say, for example, six months to rank, right? No guarantees, right? Then you would run ads for Orlando Teleprompter, and you would point them to your SEO page. And you might do this for the stretch of six months, but then when your page begins to rank, you may decide... I'm showing up on the first page of Google. I really don't want to invest my money in ads here anymore. I want to take it somewhere else. So you might shut the ads off and then let the organic take over. So in mm-hmm. other words, like since both of us used your, your services to take care of our websites, is that part of the maintenance plan that we talk about? It depends. So your maintenance plan specifically, Craig, is for taking care of the listings and getting your clients thrown on the website, making updates to protect it from any security threats. So in part, There's a little bit of SEO work that goes into what we do with you. But for the most part, our number one job is to make sure that when you tell a client that they're going to show up on your website, that they show up after they pay. And the content actually is relative. Correct. It's correct. It's current, which we've had some other websites that we've been involved with that the listings aren't correct. The links are broken. Is that also like if somebody didn't utilize his service, that if they try to build it on their own, if they use a different platform that's kind of free out there to a lot of people? then then they're losing that maintenance that you do for people. Well, I wouldn't be doing it for them if they can do it themselves. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. if they didn't use your service and they did it all on their own, they wouldn't be checking like you do how you maintain my website, making sure it's secure. Right. Unless they're passionate about maintaining WordPress websites, for example, they're going to be missing a lot of information. That takes time. The owner of GRP Studios before me did a lot of that. Yeah. He did his own stuff. And it was great, but he spent a lot of time back-ending and taking care of things where I'd rather be out doing business. Right. Then, then back-end, it's hard enough for me to try and keep up with the KISS website, let alone GRP and KISS. Right. But you guys take care of that. Yeah. Awesome. And Craig, just kind of for you, so you know, when your directory is up and running and you have businesses in your directory, earlier I had alluded to the concept of a backlink when GRP Studios has a link that goes to Vets Growth. Vets Growth is a backlink source for every business that's in your directory, which helps them just a little bit with SEO. Not like some tremendous number, but just kind of like a credibility score, so to speak. And being a directory, you're responsible for something called an NAP or a name, address, and phone. So Google will reference your website for the validity and accuracy of another business, which is great. Right. So that's kind of like the SEO benefit that you provide to your clientele and being somebody who collects a bunch of local businesses in, you know, central Florida area. I mean, technically you can collect them anywhere. That also helps you in turn too. Jerry, I love you, man. (laughs) (laughs) So those things in the directory are not correct. Is that a detriment to you as opposed to being a benefit? If the phone link is not correct or if the link and you click on the website and it goes to page not found. 100%. If somebody's finding you in another directory and the phone number is wrong or the email address is wrong, think of it this way. If you had gone out to a business event and you handed out a business card with the wrong phone number and that individual couldn't reach you, you lost the deal. No. Yeah. I've seen that happen a lot. I mean, I've seen that. I mean, a lot of people, when you collect business cards and you call on them, one number is off. Yeah. And and then they say, hey, what, what happened there? I'm like, who printed it? It's not the printer's responsibility because they don't know if that information is correct. It's your responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And they tell you to double check, triple check, quadruple check, measure twice, cut once, same philosophy. But we're getting really close to the end here. So tip of the day, 
Craig, what's the tip of the day today? It should sound very familiar to this guy sitting next to me. What's the tip of the day? Can you read it? Yes, I can read it. <laughs> it comes down to, if you think it's expensive to hire a professional, wait until you hire an amateur. What, what would that mean? Well, Jerry, tell me, what does it mean? And we talked about this with Jennifer Englert from the Orlando Law Group when Correct. she was here. If you don't hire a professional to do something, you do it yourself. Does it cost you in the long run? Yeah, it, it can definitely cost you in the long run. Several good examples. You build your own WordPress website, but if you don't know anything about security, it's only a matter of time before any of the data you've collected on your website gets stolen. And now you're looking at a data breach, what that does to your customer trust. Other example might be, I'll put together my website, but I forgot to allow search engines to look at my website. So you've been sitting on a website for two years that is no SEO because you've been telling the search engines to look away. That's the, again, there's so much stuff. We're going to bring you back again and hopefully with somebody that has some questions that you can deep dive into technical issues. There again, this is like marketing. This topic is so broad. It's so deep that you really could probably talk about it for hours and still not even scratch the surface. Easily. And then people would probably be leaving us in droves. But anyways, there's an old saying that we've I've used a bazillion times chipping over a dollar to pick up a dime when people don't want to spend money. And we talked with Jennifer about that. I don't want to spend, I want to save the $300. So I'm not going to spend it on this law firm to verify either my contract or whatever it is I need to do. I'm not going to spend that. It's going to cost me thousands of dollars in the long run. So the money they don't spend with somebody like you, you can do it yourself. You can go to GoDaddy. Are you going to get the results that you want? So that's what we're thinking. Well, what else you got there, Mr. Craig? I have nothing. I was so happy to be here. I, I lost all my words. I can't remember what I was supposed to say. I don't remember either. But anyways, thank you, Gerald, for being here. Thank you for the work that you do on, on both of our websites. And Thanks we're gonna, for having me. We're going to bring you back again for some more technical stuff. And we're just going to sleep. Is that okay? That's okay. Nap cool. time. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.